who's celebrating President's Day today? <laughs> <laughs> because we're taking the day to work. I have uh, not thought once about presidents. No offense to to the to the great presidents of our of our country's in our country's history, or or even the bad ones. Uh, I have not thought about a president at all today. Neither have I. I uh, did not sit here and, and pontificate over the Taft administration. Sorry, that's just not <laughs> not not what I was doing today. That's I had bigger and better things on my mind today. Not that we need to get uh, political here, but who's your favorite president in history? Who's my favorite president. L- let's not get let's not mention anybody past Bill Clinton to avoid any modern politics. <laughs> Who's my favorite president? How about George Washington? Because, you know, we got to get the nation one. off the ground at some point, right? That's got to get one. the nation off the ground somehow. And then, you know, maybe even FDR, just because he got us out of the war, out of World War II, which is a really just elaborate time in this world's history. So uh, there you go. Link- Lincoln's mine. Uh, and- can't can't uh can't overlook what Lincoln did. Um That's correct. Got us through the Civil War. Um mm-hmm. yeah, passed the sixteenth amendment or thirteenth thirteenth amendment, thirteenth amendment. I can't get the numbers right. I haven't touched um, up on my world history in my so, US history lately. Yeah. But no, Lincoln Lincoln uh Lincoln is my uh, is my my number one for sure. Chris uh, Chris Davis in our chat says it's a show me league and what have you done for me lately? That's also how this country works. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> Funny enough, that's how the that's how this country works as well. Good Monday afternoon, everybody. Happy President's Day. Is it happy? Is it is it just President's Day? I, I think it's just President's Day, <laughs> especially with who we've had as president for the past several terms. <laughs> anywho, anywho, <laughs> happy Monday, three o'clock p.m. You know what that means. It's time for the Southside Beat, as we are every Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, February 19th, 2024. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen for Steelers Talk, but, you know, we always we always got to keep it fresh. We're always making sure we're hitting current events and we're hitting what's going on around the world in some ways. But anyway, let's get on to it. The NFL Combine begins in one week's time. In one week... I will be in my car en route to Indianapolis, getting ready for eight days worth of meeting and getting to know and scouting and looking and observing the next prospects, this batch of prospects for the 2024 NFL draft. It's going to be a fun event. Certainly I'll be there all week for coverage. And right now we're kind of in that lull and we're hitting the back end of this lull where Nothing really happens. It's the week after this. Last week was the week after the Super Bowl. Now we're at the point where things are starting to ramp up in advance of the combine. But with that said, as we addressed at points last week, rumors of just about everything are not going anywhere anytime no. soon. And for as long as we have a forum to talk about them, for as long as we have a means to talk about them we will talk about them and right now what's there to talk about as we have mentioned time and time again since the Steelers season ended is the quarterback position now only a few quarterbacks could be on the Steelers roster next year despite what the odds makers might say the odds makers might say there's about five different quarterbacks that are the quote-unquote favorite to start for Pittsburgh in week one next year but as of right now 
there's really no movement and, and nothing's really going to heat up until the scouting combine ends. And of course, when free agency begins. Yeah. Um, the here asks, uh, is Omar any closer to signing Mason? I, I, there's, there's no way to really know. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't assume so right now. Um, I'm not saying that there's not been any talk there. Um, you know, the Steelers obviously want Mason Rudolph back. Uh, they can talk, but uh, the Steelers also have some other things they have to um, they have to get get done. They have to finalize their coaching staff. Uh, they have to get ready for the combine. Uh, they have to eventually get you know things set up and get their scouting department all ready for pro days and everything like that. Who's going where? Uh, there's a lot of stuff to get done. This is a busy time of year for these guys. Uh, you know, even though they aren't, uh, you know, they aren't playing football games right now. It's still a very busy time of the year. Um, it's just slow on the news front because there's not, you know, free agency hasn't began yet. Um, I mean, we're uh, still three weeks away yeah. from legal tampering, as it's known. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I would not expect a, a deal to get done before uh, free agency begins, just to be completely honest. I think Mason Rudolph is going to want to get to that legal tampering period just to see, okay, what is, what does my market look like? And if it's something where the Steelers are the most attractive option, then he may resign. Um, I think it's just, but in the meantime, the Steelers need quarterbacks because right now the only one on the roster is Kenny Pickett. And um, <laughs> well, because of that, I mean, we, we talked about talked about this last week, and you know, I I've, I kind of you know I wrote a column that kind of hit on this kind of stuff yesterday. Um, rumors are not going to be going anywhere, man. They're going to continue to run rampant. It'll slow down a little bit next week because of the combine. The combine will get you know the forefront you know on, on everything, um, unless a, a trade or something like that materializes while everybody is in Indianapolis. Um, not make you know putting that out of the realm of possibility or anything like that but man these I, I saw something like a rumor this morning about jimmy garoppolo being connected to the steelers i'm like okay well what which quarterback that's going to be out there hasn't been tied to the steelers yet because they will be before free agency begins at some point it's just because this is this is just this is what's going to happen a marquee franchise needs needs to add to the quarterback room oh well, well no and they're just going to try to connect every single name to, to, to the team. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Look at, look at the facts, look at what's actually happened. Look at what the Steelers have said. Um, yeah. Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney have been very forthright about this, regardless of what you want to happen. You have to look at what the facts are right now. And unless they're putting up a gigantic smoke, smoke screen, we, you pretty much know what the Steelers plane is going into, going into the, into free agency. Yeah. And, and obviously, what happens in free agency will dictate some of what happens in the draft as well. But I think one thing that's certain, and we've been saying this all along is that a, a move for a quarterback will be made in both phases. So to speak, there will be a move made um, in the free agency phase, whether that's Mason Rudolph coming back or it's another free agent or it's a trade. And then of course, I think we're both in agreement that a quarterback is on the radar, at least in the back half of the draft, perhaps rounds four through seven, somewhere in that realm, maybe even round three, if they feel you know, so apt to get one on day two. Mm. You know, somebody in the chat here, I want to highlight this um, right here from Chris Davis. Uh, he says, can we go through a list of teams that could outbid for Mason? The commanders have over 70 million in cap space. Well, if you want to be technical, the Steelers are down when it comes to the cap space. They're in the red. 
about $15 million. Now, once the money is cleared off from the books from, from Chooks core four and, you know, from the players they just released recently, Presley Harvin, Mitch Trubisky, then that money comes back and they're, they're not in the red anymore, but there it, are, it's close, but, but it also depends on what the salary cap set at too. Correct. Like right now, the right now over the cap.com has it like a little over two forty four. Uh, but there was a report now just because it's a report doesn't mean it's true. There was a report that said it could be closer to like two fifty, like around the two forty eight range. Yeah. That would obviously help the Steelers a lot. That yeah. might put them either that might get them entirely out of the red and make them cap compliant without having to do anything else. And if not, it would make them a lot closer. Mm -hmm. And again, they're still, I mean, Allen Robinson hasn't even been cut yet. Uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't been, you know, cut. I'm, I'm beginning to think more and more that he's going to end up either, either needing to get extended or he'll be cut uh, mm -hmm. just because that's a large, uh, he's, it's almost $10 million. That's a lot for, for Peterson um, for a guy who might not be a regular starter in like one spot. Mm -hmm. Um they, they've got to be frugal with what they do. They can't just restructure everybody they possibly can. Yep. I mean, if you want to run down the list of teams that have salary cap space, which at this point, you know, teams are going to make their moves and make the money to make their moves. Now, some yep. have more freedom and flexibility to do that than others, mm -hmm. which when you look at the quarterback situation, you know, when you bring the conversation to what could a team pay Mason Rudolph? Yeah, the commanders have 73 million in cap space, but they're pretty contentedly seemingly on building around Sam Howell. As somebody like that. Now, could they bring Mason in to start and be a stopgap and maybe look at options in the draft potentially? But you have to look, okay, the commanders, 73 million in cap space, they might be in the market for a quarterback. The Titans just drafted Will Levis last year in the second round, probably not in the market. The Texans have CJ Stroud, not in the market. Patriots, that's the fourth, that's the team with the fourth most cap space. Could they be in the market for a new quarterback with the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi fiasco going about? The Colts. They better be. <laughs> the Colts just drafted a quarterback in the first round. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Lions have Jared Goff. The Buccaneers, okay, maybe. Depends on what Baker Mayfield does. The Bears, depends on what they want to do with Justin Fields. The Cardinals, I don't think they're I don't think they're uh gonna be looking for Mason Rudolph anytime soon. The Raiders, okay, now we're into some discussion about that. The Panthers, all right, they drafted a quarterback first round last year, but or first overall rather, but could they use somebody? Who knows? The Chiefs, no. The Rams, maybe. The Falcons, probably. Like, there are teams that need quarterbacks. Let's not sit here and say the Steelers are the only team that need a quarterback and by default are just going to land Mason Rudolph on that principle. I don't think that's the case. I think there's going to be a bidding war for Mason Rudolph. I think there's going to be teams that are knocking on his door and seeing what his price is and mm -hmm. seeing what he wants to do and what he wants to be. And if he gets offered a surefire starting job somewhere and about the same money as Pittsburgh where they're going to offer him a chance to compete, you know, he, he's going to entertain that. So we can't sit here confidently February 19th and say Mason Rudolph's going to be a stealer based on all of these factors that are actually working against it. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Toddy 86 says, Pat, uh, or asked, didn't Pat Pete lead the team in uh, defensive snaps? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. I'm, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but regardless, like, just think about where Patrick Peterson fits right now. Um, you know, Joey Porter Jr. is your CB1 right now, right? Uh, yeah. You could put Peterson back on the outside. I mean, you, I mean he could play out there. Um, he did well at safety, but, you know, Minka is obviously your your number one guy at safety. And so then – 
what what happens with Demonte Casey at that point? Does Peterson become uh, a a kind of like a, a hybrid when it comes between like a cor- like a slot corner and like a third safety? He could become something like that. But again, it's the, it's the nearly ten million dollar cap hit. It's nothing against the player. Um, it's everything about like how does that cap hit make sense for the Steelers? Um, if you extend him and add another year on, and that cap hit becomes more like six million this season that's a little bit different um you know it's it's just it's 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 about how you can be frugal with what with with what you have i mean this is just you know life in a in a in a in a salary cap league and so uh i would i i absolutely see a a a path where patrick peterson or or a scenario where patrick peterson still plays for the steelers in 2024 uh, it just wouldn't surprise me if there was some something done with the contract so that that cap hit is not so large. Right. Um, here's a comment from Robert who says, when people in the national media talk about free agent quarterbacks, they don't even mention Mason. Like, I understand what Mason did for the Steelers is very appreciated and will be rewarded by somebody. But he had three good games in that stretch and took him to the postseason didn't really get much of a chance. Again, like read the tea leaves from what happened in the offseason of 2022. Mason mm-hmm. Rudolph was here. Mason Rudolph was under contract. Mason Rudolph was was in the building and knew the system and was ready to go within a system and, and backed up Big Ben and has been here. And the organization told us that guy's not good enough. We're going to take a guy in the first round. Now, do feelings change because of what Mason did at the end of last season? Absolutely. Absolutely they do. But what's the price? At the end of the day, what's the price? There might be a team out there, we don't even know at this stage sitting here. There might be a team out there ready to overpay Mason Rudolph. We don't know. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder in this situation. And again, time after time, at least in, in, in years past and up until, what, week 14 of the 2023 season, the Steelers told us this guy's not good enough. He's, he wasn't good enough to a point where they re-signed Mitch Trubisky for a lot of money, or they signed Mitch Trubisky for a lot of money to be the stopgap for Kenny to get ready, and they drafted Kenny in the first round. So that's the that's the past, obviously. And I understand that what he did at the end of the season changes everything. But you have to consider that some other teams are seeing that as well and saw what he just did. And look, DeMond says Omar just needs to get Mason signed, period. True, but... Mason has to sign the contract still. There's yeah. no trade bait here. There's no trade talk. Mason Rudolph is not going to be under contract with the Steelers by the time free agency hits. So that being said, part of this discussion, whether it gets lost in the shuffle or not, is what does Mason Rudolph want to do? If he wants to go get paid, he'll go get paid. If he wants a chance that we're that we've been told by Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin to compete with Kenny Pickett to start to, to become the starting quarterback for the Steelers, then he'll choose that. They have to pay up for it, but he could choose that. Does he have a job locked in somewhere else? Does Washington or Atlanta or a team that's desperate knock on his door and say, we're paying you whatever the Steelers price is, we're matching it, and you're our starting quarterback. Does Not he want to do it, that? Yeah, that's a different story. And uh, keep that, in mind, yeah. and keep in mind, He's going to have to learn a new system regardless of what he does. Yeah. There's no coordinator retention in Pittsburgh. 
So it's not like he, it's not like you can even play the card if you're the Steelers of well, you've been here, you know our system, you know our ways, you know all of this. That's all changing. That's all out the door. There's been no consistency with system here, at least in the Matt Canada plus era. And now, regardless, if he stays in Pittsburgh or goes elsewhere, he's going to have to learn a new system. So the Steelers can't even play that card. Yeah. One thing that's kind of interesting, and and, and you, you do kind of, you know, there is a bit of a two-way street here. So, you know, national media obviously doesn't cover the Steelers the way that, you know, we do uh, or, or any local outlet does, you know, on the South side every single day, talking with people on the South side every single day um, has a, a much more accurate um, uh, reading of the pulse of the team and everything like that. And so whenever you hear all these rumors come out from the national media, you kind of take it with a bit of a grain of salt there, unless it's something coming directly from the league, you know, like a league reporter or something like that saying Steelers are signing blah, blah, blah for, you know, X amount of years. Usually you can take those to the bank. Um, at the same time, we do kind of have to look outside of the Pittsburgh bubble for a little bit. If you go to PFF's free agent rankings, and again, I understand like PFF is like a trigger for a lot of people nowadays, but it's not. Yeah. If just, if you go to their free agent rankings and you go to quarterbacks and you list all the quarterbacks, Mason Rudolph isn't even listed. And I don't think that's an indictment on Mason Rudolph. I just think that that goes to show that there's a lot more that, a lot of these other quarterbacks that are on the market have to offer than four games of looking like a legitimate NFL quarterback, right? Um, Ryan Tannehill, for example, and I know there's a lot of people that are like, no, I don't want to, I don't want you know, to even touch Ryan Tannehill. He's washed everything like that. But when you look at overall body of work, it's understandable why more teams would be more interested in Ryan Tannehill than they would be in Mason Rudolph. Ryan Tannehill has not only, you know, several years, but several, no, several years of experience, like more experience than Rudolph, but experience of being a really, really good quarterback in a few seasons, like really good quarterback, triple digit passer rating seasons. Mm -hmm. um, Mason Rudolph, the only time we've really seen him be, okay, that dude could be a quarterback in this league, like legitimate quarterback, but we've only seen that for four games. Right now, one of them was a playoff game, and that was probably his worst performance of those four games. But it wasn't a bad performance. Right. The Steelers stood a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. That that's a lot better than what they had had, you know, the you know previous couple of playoff games. But it's just interesting to kind of look outside of the Pittsburgh bubble just a little bit to kind of see what everybody else might think about Mason Rudolph and. I, I personally don't see – I'm even beginning to kind of soften on how much the Steelers might have to even give them when it comes to, you know, like Ryan Tannehill's projected contract is like two years, $11 million, like total. I might do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. If you can sign Ryan, Ryan Tannehill for that amount, knowing the success he's had under Arthur Smith, that sounds really attractive to me. You know, but it's not about what I think. You know, that's just – that might be me personally. And I made that like a clear point in the column that I wrote yesterday. This is not my, this is what I think the Steelers are going to do based off of what they've said. They may go in balls to the wall. Mason Rudolph is our number one guy in, in free agency. 
It just, if it doesn't work out, they have to have a plan B. They have to have a plan C. They have to be able, and who knows, they might go to the combine next week. Omar Khan might have a meeting with the Bears GM, and they might be thinking, no way they give up Justin Fields for anything less than a second rounder. And he's like, no, we'll actually, a third, if you could offer a third and, and, and a fifth next year, that might change everything. Yep. You know, it just, you, you never know how things are going to play out. But at this moment in time, we know what their plan is because it hasn't changed. A lot of it's talk, too. Yes. And when Art Rooney says, you know, making a trade is unlikely, that has stock. That has meaning to it. When there's talk from within and when Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin say it, that's different than, okay, I'll just use myself as an example, than me jumping on this microphone at 3 p.m. every day saying, well, here's what I think the Steelers could, would, should do. Those are way different things. Yeah, And that's different from those of you listening live or on the replay here saying, well, what I would do is, well, okay, you're allowed to have that opinion. You're allowed to believe that. But at the end of the day, the decision comes down to three people. Well, four, and then a few more. It's it's three. Art Rooney, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Andy Weidel within the draft. But Andy Weidel builds the board. He doesn't right. make the decisions. That's, that's true, but... Yeah. If he if he has that draft board with with a quarterback really 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 high, and they're like, well, if he feels so strongly about it, and if they're really so intent there will be, on revamping the quarterback position, there will be discussions. But it is still Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney, the second work on making those decisions. Absolutely. My point is, what what Chris and me and all of you listening sit here and talk about on a daily basis. And what Art Rooney, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan talk about on a daily basis are more than likely two different things. So, look, the rumors are going to fly between now and throughout the combine process next week and throughout free agency and up until and through the draft. It's going to be a long road, and it's it's important to kind of filter out some of the stuff that sounds like, well, it's more speculation than news, or it's not coming from directly from, you know, within the Steelers building. You know, there are some people out there that will opine and will, will opine, and certainly that's okay. But it's important to know what's reporting and what's different about that versus opinion. Yeah. Um, if I'm cutting out here, I'm all of a sudden getting a little things and that my week, my signal sucks. I don't know why. You're good. You're um, good. Yeah, this is... I have nothing else going in here, and I got—I mean, I got two kids at home, but I got nothing else going. Anyway, um, oh yeah, that's right. The saying, kids are out of school today. Yeah, it's I'm a just, holiday. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying—I'm just saying—if I start cutting now, that's the reason why. I don't know why that's popping up, mm -hmm. but, um, but I think the whole point of bring, bringing this up today was was mainly just to let people know, like, hey, you're going to continue to see rumors fly around this week. Like, it's going to be a long, another long week. You're going to see you know, different things about, you know, Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins and apparently Jimmy Garoppolo now and, and, and all these different guys. You're just going to see all this stuff fly around, but understand that no matter what is said, you have to understand. And, and listen, we're going to start getting a little bit more clarification on the record for what the Steelers are planning to do. Uh, not that they're going to ever tip their entire hand. They're not going to, but they still are usually pretty forthright about certain things. Um, Omar Khan will speak next week at the combine. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the, the one, uh, one of the uh, times of the year that Omar Khan will speak publicly. Um, 
and just like you know, Mike Tomlin has his has his end of season press conference, and he also talks to the owners' meetings. Just as Art Rooney II talks with uh, select uh, reporters uh, a couple weeks after the season's over, Omar Khan always talks to the combine. He will address reporters there. He will address and answer a lot of questions. There will be questions about the salary cap. There will be questions about upcoming free agents, like for the Steelers. There will be questions about who is you know who is. Who will they possibly, you know, uh, you know, try to approach about an extension, you know, internally? Uh, there will be questions ab- about just about everything, and you will begin to get a lot more clarification. I remember, in particular, for example, Omar Khan was very forthright in saying we want to get Mitch Trubisky locked up. What ended up happening later on in the offseason? They got Mitch Trubisky locked up. Now, not saying that that was a good move or anything. I'm just giving you an example of sometimes they really are exactly forthright with with exactly what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it's a little bit different when you're talking about like actual pl- players who are going to be free agents. You know, that that's a little bit different. But mm-hmm. either way, Omar Khan will speak next week. You will get a, a much better reading of what the Steelers are going to be doing, not based off of what we see for the rest of this week. Right. Right. Uh, Barbara asked, what was worth worse, the Pro Bowl or the NBA All-Star game? They both are bad. Um, I didn't watch any of either. The Pro Bowl's worse because now it's glorified. Uh, glorified flag football. Well, I'll say that 10 times fast. Don't do it right now. Um, <laughs> it is it is a bad product. The Pro Bowl is a bad product right now. Spoiler to a lot of people, the NBA All-Star Game has been a, a walkthrough exhibition for years now. This isn't anything new. And yeah, yeah, I watched it because I like, I have a soft spot for the NBA All-Star Game. I, I like the pageantry. I've always liked basketball. Really just, it's fun. I enjoy watching it. And, like, yeah, watching Luka Doncic walk down the court with Nikola Jokic and, like, play, you know, volleyball setter with the basketball. And then Jokic, like, fakes like he's dunking. Like, it's cool in a way. It's cute in a way. But, like, yeah, I get it, William. It's safe for the players. But you want to see you want to see them play. You want to see them play a game. I think the problem is there's no stakes on the uh, NBA All-Star game that make it worthwhile. And the Pro Bowl is after, and the Pro Bowl is is oh. the week before the Super Bowl now, so you don't even get the guys that should be there. Yeah, the two man weave, Barbara. That's right. I, I mean, it was it was <laughs> a joke yesterday, but it was fun. Like Damian Lillard hitting two half court shots, winning MVP. Like Tyrese Halliburton did awesome. Carl Anthony Towns put up fifty, I think it was. Like it was fun. Uh, they're they're soft. I don't know about soft. But it's funny it's a because different kind of league now. It's funny because like they're like when there were like stakes on the MLB All Star Game, like everybody hated those stakes because because the 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 league that won the All Star Game you know got to host the World Series, um and that always rubbed a lot of a lot of fans the wrong way. They were like the All Star Game should not decide something that important. Um, so it's interesting you know to to hear you know something like. You know, there's no stipulations or anything like that, or there should be. Uh, I think all-star games in general are meant to be some sort of non-extravaganza, like non-game extravaganza. Like, yes, it's a game and everything like that. And I think just because – I don't know if it's just because baseball is the easiest sport to do it with, but MLB's all-star game is just going to always be the best one. They just do a phenomenal job with it. Um but players don't want to get hurt. Teams don't want their players getting hurt. Right. Um, so, and really, it's it, it's not as much about being in the game or the or one of the teams, you know, whether the conferences or or leagues or whatever winning the game. It's more about 
those players getting, excuse me, those players getting recognized about, you know, getting recognized for their performance, right? Um, it's about like this player deserves to be named an all-star. This player deserves to be named to the Pro Bowl. This player deserves to be named to that. To you know, even though the only issue I have with baseballs is that it's in the middle of the season. Yeah, you're basing their all-star appearance off of off of only what they've done for the first half of the season. Um, a really good example of that was Josh Hamilton in 08. Like massive first half of the season, just absolutely tearing it up, goes to the home run derby. I mean, still one of the greatest home run derby moments in, in history. And then second half of the season was just kind of okay. Was very mad. Yeah, I remember that. Definitely had a big fall off at the end. And so, mm-hmm. like, you get to the end of the season, those are probably still all-star numbers, but it was definitely not anywhere near as what he was in the first half of the season. It was definitely a tale of two halves with him. And so mm-hmm. um, that's the only issue. But, but still, I, I think it's more about recognizing the players than it is about, like, oh, th- we need to really see which one's better, Eastern Conference or Western Conference or AFC or NFC. I think it's just about, like, these players deserve to be recognized. Yeah. Toddy says, imagine today's NBA face and the bad boys. They're soft. No, I don't have to do that. That's the thing. This is the argument that I dislike, vehemently dislike when it comes to the NBA. And we're going to end the show shortly here. I don't like comparing eras in basketball. Yeah, of course LeBron James is blowing by George Mikan. Of course Kyrie Irving or your favorite point guard is or Damian Lillard is crossing up Bob Cousy. Of course, you know, of course, Nikola Jokic is going to post up on Wilt Chamberlain. Of course, that's going to happen. They are different eras of basketball. You have to appreciate basketball to me in any sport, really. Baseball, you can do the same. Football, you can do the same. Hockey, you can do the same. You have to appreciate the eras of the sport. And yeah. for, to me, comparing LeBron James to Bob Cousy or comparing LeBron James to Oscar Robertson, that's not fair. That's not fair. They're playing in a different era against different breeds of players. Of course, the integration of the three-point line, like there's a whole different game. So when you compare today's players to players from 30-plus years ago, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. It just isn't. No. And, and no. guess what? By the way, these shooting guards nowadays – Joe Dumars would get bodied by these shooting guards nowadays. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just how it is. I understand attitude. I understand they were tough. I understand Bill Lambeer will throw an elbow at you and not apologize for it. But, Toddy, I'm just using – I'm using generational examples. All right, we'll use Dumars and Lambeer and, and Isaiah Thomas and Edwards. I'll use any example you want from those bad boys Pistons teams. I watched Last Dance, I, I, I and I grew up a Cleveland fan. I know about the Pistons pretty well. Like <laughs> – these gener this generation of players is just is so superior. The athlete today is more superior than the athlete in the nineties in a general sense. And yeah. I just think that trying to compare those two eras is not is not fair. Well, it's so. really ju- it's really just a thing. You know, it, I mean, you think about you know you go across all sports. You, you you have to think about the equipment that's been used in all of the different sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in baseball, you know, a, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Babe Ruth wouldn't hit these guys." You know, tossing hundred mile an hour gas. Well, Babe Ruth also swung a, like a forty eight ounce batter. I'm yeah, exaggerating yeah. a little bit, but swung it was a, a tree it trunk. Was, yeah. yeah, he swung a. I mean, I, there are actually like YouTube videos of like uh, the baseball bat bros or whoever, whatever they're they're called, like Bass actually bros. swinging with with with. Uh, actual replicas of like Babe Ruth's bat or Honus Wagner's bat, and you're you're not you're not hitting that. 
like you're just you're not swinging you know you're not hitting so the game and the equipment has had to adapt in baseball hockey man you think about like what so many of these guys can do with the with the sticks and with their skating everything like now we got take them back to you know the 50s and 60s you know take them back to the gordy howe era and try to have those players play with yeah. the heavy sticks that they played with back then with the skates that you just couldn't do the turns and and stops and everything like that that they can do now um you know it, it just Comparing errors across all sports, and I would even even think about football and how pads have changed, how helmets have changed, how rules have changed because of player safety. Um, man, like it's just comparing errors is so uh, it's so difficult to do. Tiny it really is. Archibald, tight Nate Archibald would be the best player in, in this league right now. I don't know about that, Rick. I, I'm not going to sit here and debate NBA because this is not that type of show, but no. And and I think everybody's forgetting about one thing. Chris, you mentioned equipment. You mentioned all those advances. Barbara mentions foreign players, player development, growth of players. Modern medicine is one a lot of people forget. Uh, advanced modern medicine and how emphasized treatment and diet and exercise and weight training and all of these other regiments are. People forget how advanced all of that is. Now, we could go back and say, well, if Michael Jordan had today's era, if you will, of diet, weight training, exercise, all that kind of stuff, that he could be even Shoot. better than he was. All right, fine. We can have the argument. But you got to put the player back in the time machine the other way, too. Oh, you... oh, here's a good question. When does Pittsburgh get in the NBA team? Well, the city of Pittsburgh, didn't they put a little – didn't they put some money aside to research that? Yeah. Yeah, just recently they there's, put. Some, I mean, there's an arena downtown. I mean, there is an arena downtown. It's not like they would have to build an arena or anything like that. It's about like how can the city support uh, an NBA team? Yep. I, 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 it's, it, I don't see it happening. To be completely honest, I've never thought of Pittsburgh as a four four sport town. Um, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying Good. like I just I've I've. How does it happen? Does it happen through NBA expansion or does it happen because one of the other teams has to move? I mean, I understand that. Yeah, it's just I, that, that's a, that's a whole other thing. It's like, OK, well, Pittsburgh's getting an NBA team. OK, well, how is that happening? Is the NBA looking to expand to 32 teams and Pittsburgh can be one of those? Because I can think of several other cities that would want an NBA team. It could probably support an NBA team a little bit better than Pittsburgh can. Rick says, call them the fish. I say, just go back to the Pipers. Just call them the Pipers again. That's Condors. great. I like Condor. I'm in for the Pipers. No, you got Pirates, Penguins, Steelers. You got the PNS thing there. I go. I go with the Pipers. I, I like that. Uh, go go back to the roots a little bit with basketball here. You can't go Panthers, obviously. Um, but I mean, look, Pitt basketball was hot the other day. Pitt basketball was hot Saturday. If they had an NBA team playing well here, I think it could pick up steam. That's just me though. Let's Google. I think the, weren't the Condors uh, like the 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 ABA edition of the Pipers. I'm not I mistaken. think so. I, I I have to go back in my my history vault. If I'm not mistaken. I'll a little back further on, on Wikipedia right now. I, I've always had a I've always had a soft spot for basketball personally, and uh, I love the sport and I love talking about it. And I'll gladly chat hoops anytime. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh my, yeah. Condors were a professional basketball team in the original ABA, originally called the Pipers. There you go, so. Randy. Yes, I'm a Cleveland fan. Uh, for the Cavaliers, I grew up liking them. Obviously, I was what. 11 years old when LeBron was drafted. So I grew team up watching color, the Cavs. Team colors were blue and orange and then uh, changed to red and gold. Yeah, no. I mean, like, you got to have, you got to have the, <laughs> you got to have black and gold if you yeah. had an NBA team here. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Pittsburgh has an NBA. 
they have some legacy with the NBA. They mm-hmm. have products from this area that go play. Obviously, Pitt sends some products to the league, so mm-hmm. I don't see why not. But there's a committee of people, I suppose, that are that are determining and doing the market research. I guess is the buzzword for it to determine if uh, if this city and this market can support the NBA. And I think the game's growing pretty good and I don't see why not. And maybe I'm just being a little selfish by saying that, but I don't see why not. Um, (laughs) All right. We'll chat up on a Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow, 3 PM Eastern here on DK Pittsburgh sports, DK Ramon coming up, Ramon Foster show in about 35 minutes. And yes, Barbara, of course I can't forget about Duquesne or Robert Morris uh, for that matter. Uh, Aaron Gray made the NBA. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. This has been the South side beat. I think Chris is – oh, there he is. Chris was – we got a special guest. She wants Check. to say hi. Hello. <laughs> She's a little bit more shy than my son is. That's okay. Can Very cool. Can you say hi? Shy. Very man. shy. She's That's shy. great. That's great. There you go, Chris. Any any parting words? Uh, just try to try to not get caught up in, in the rumors this week, man. Like, just, just try to – Try to understand that, like, listen, like, ever people need stuff to talk about. Now, I mean, there's not a lot going on. It's one of the it's one of the dead periods of the of the calendar. So, just try to steer clear of the rumors. Try to just enjoy life. Take take a nice break. I mean, tune in here and then tune into Deacon <laughs> Ramon. Yeah, but just kind of steer clear, lay low a little bit, and then next week, whenever, uh, um, uh. Yeah, when next week, whenever the combine comes around, we we get it all. Yeah, Teresa, good good way to go about it. Take it all with a grain of salt. I agree. Just just you know, not. I'm not saying there's absolutely zero chance there's any truth to them at all, but just that with any of these things, man, there's going to be rumors about everything. Yeah, you so. can have fun still, though. Keep that in mind too. This is supposed to be a fun time of year. You know, it's the off season. There's no games happening. Enjoy it. You know, it's fun to speculate and play GM and put your GM hat on. But have fun with it. So he's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Chris. DK and Ramon coming up in 25 or so minutes. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Cheers.